Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, let's do this. Welcome to another holiday, Christmas, winter fest version of the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. You know, I followed the ice capades for a season, like a lot of young guys trying to find themselves. And Sherry. Yes! And now broadcasting from our brilliantly decorated holiday studio, it's Bob and Sherry. Great big holiday welcome. It is the Bob and Sherry Show, and we would like to begin by tossing it over to Lamar, who has a heartwarming story that he stumbled upon. Lamar? It really is. A New York City woman died from cancer, but she has raised enough money to erase millions of dollars in medical debt with a posthumous plea for help. Her name was Casey McIntyre, and she told her followers on social media Uh, posted by her husband, that she had arranged to buy the medical debt of others as a way of celebrating her life. McIntyre posted, if you're reading this, I have passed away. I loved each and every one of you with my whole heart, and I promise you, I knew how deeply I was loved. The post included a link to a fundraising campaign started through the nonprofit organization RIP Medical Debt. McIntyre's husband, Andrew, posted the messages on Tuesday, and the campaign quickly blew past the $20,000 goal. It raised $140,000 in just a few days. That's enough money to buy back $14 million in medical debt. Because wow. if, if, if the hospital, Well, because if the hospital's got a lot of debt on, a, on something yeah. that they can't collect, you can yeah. offer them pennies on the dollar and to wipe the debt out. So uh, Gregory said that his wife had good health insurance and received great medical care, but the couple had some terrifying charges on paperwork for her care. Uh, what resonated for me, Casey said, is there's a good cancer treatment out there for people, but people can't afford it. And instead of dreaming of a cure for cancer, what if we could just help people who are being crushed by medical debt? RIP mm-hmm. medical debt, it erases the debt purchased from hospitals and other healthcare providers and the secondary debt market, all of the places that loan you money and that kind of stuff. It buys millions of dollars of debt in bundles for what it says is a fraction of the ori- original value. The nonprofit says that every dollar donated buys about $100 in debt, and it aims to help that's, people with lower incomes, which is very, nice. very cool. The Brooklyn yeah. couple started planning for her memorial and the debt buying campaign after she died, almost died in May. And they were inspired by a video that they saw from South Carolina churchgoers 
that got together and they burned about $3 million worth of medical debt for some people in their church. Uh, McIntyre spent the last five months in home and hospice care, uh, giving her husband what he calls a bonus summer. She went on some beach trips, spent time with her family and all this. Says Casey was very, very sick at the end of her life and she couldn't finish everything she wanted to finish. But I knew she wanted to do this memorial and debt jubilee. So I set that up and did it the way I thought she would have wanted. And it has helped countless people get rid of debt that they could have never paid. What a great legend that she's left. What a a legacy. What a legacy. I know. And she was so young. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Her husband or partner um, had some stuff up on Twitter. And because I'm a Gen Xer, I will be referring to it as Twitter until it becomes Twitter again. So um, he had something up, (laughs) including photographs of her. Yeah. And my heart just... Broke. Like, oh my gosh. But to to be thinking so much of other people and fourteen million dollars. Yes. That's really impressive. It is. I wonder I wonder what a hospital administrators think of the story. Well, they I mean is is that is that kind of a secret though that you can sometimes, I don't think all the time, sometimes pay a buck on a on a debt that was a hundred dollars. No, it's not. I've had friends of mine. I had a friend of mine that he had gotten into a, a serious wreck and uh, mm-hmm. insurance paid a lot, but he was left with a lot of debt. And he said he just picked yeah. up the phone and called him and said, what would it take to clear this off? And they gave him like a and number. They worked that it was, out. Yeah, it was like 10 percent. or so. I mean, I mean, because here's the deal. They would rather have something than nothing. Than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's so why if you they, owe the hospital before, something, you can pay them five dollars a week for the rest of your life and they'll never say a word as long as you're paid. Yep. So so did your friend have to give over financials to the hospital showing what sort of savings he had or if he nope, had a four oh one K or anything nope, like that? No. Nope, he did not. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Because they have such a hard Good time collecting medical debt that if you're yeah. reasonable, you know, they'll work with the you. system is so so broken. Somebody um, in response to this story, somebody, this was a couple of days ago, tweeted their experience. Her husband got sick and they, and I mean, it was bad and she didn't know what was happening to him. They raced to the emergency department um, and he, they were on a slow night and they got him right in and they did tests. And um, after 90 minutes, um, they discharged him and the bill was over $20,000. Jeez. Now they have insurance and their share of that, that they were supposed to pay was 2000, but it, that's nine, they racked up $20,000 in medical debt on their insurance in less than two hours in the emergency room. Like hospitals know the people that answer the call at the hospital. When you tell them you can't pay that they haven't, they've heard that before about a gazillion times, right? Lamar. Yep. All the time, but they still, they still treat you. They still treat you. Well done, Lamar. All right, we've got more ads in the news and a whole lot more coming your way. Hope you're doing well. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. It's talkback time, and there are a couple ways that you can reach the show. If you have a phone, you can call it 24-7. I mean, we leave it on all the time. That's 844-52-SHERI. 
we find that a lot of people like to use the talkback feature on our app. You can get the app for free in Google Play and the Apple Store. And the app will let you listen to the show and all the podcasts and enter contests and do all sorts of things. Plus, there's a little cartoon microphone in the bottom center of the screen. Tap it and talk, and the app will do all the work. Okay, guys, I'm totally bummed that you're making me kick this old school. I have tried the tap and talk thing. This is the eighth time I'm going through this message. Eight times. There's nobody else that would hear my story eight times. Okay, that's not true. I tell stories a lot. And I would totally put up with the pizza place and the coffee place both. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. And my screen just went black. I'm hoping this still works. So, <clears throat> sorry. I'm calling from Frederick to New Brunswick. It's in Canada. And we love traffic circles here because our drivers are terrible. And when the power goes out, nobody knows how to navigate a four-way stop. So our solution is traffic circles. We've got so many of them. It's really annoying. <clears throat> so we were putting a traffic circle in, but there was a catch. There was a telephone pole. Smack dab in the middle of where we wanted this traffic circle to go. So the city contacted the phone company. And the phone company was like, eh, we'll get around to it. So then they kept building the traffic circle. And they contacted the phone company again. And the phone company was like, eh, we'll get around to it. Then it's getting colder, and the asphalt company contacted the city and said, yo, dog, it's getting heck cold out, and if y'all want to pay that now, you're going to have to do it now, otherwise it's going to be spring. So the city contacted the phone company, and they're like, dude, like, pavement, yo. And the phone company was like, eh, we'll get around to it. So the city paved around the pole that was in the middle of the lane of the traffic circle. They did a fantastic job. In fact, it's probably the best paving job I've ever seen in this city. But even better than that are the pictures. The pictures are glorious. And once social media got a hold of it, then the phone company was like, yeah, okay, we'll move that now. But until they did, the pictures are gold. And it's absolutely real. It is not a joke. I will send it to your messenger because I don't know how to contact you, probably by email, but ain't nobody got time for that. So I will send you this. And you're welcome. In the meantime, fix your app. Secondly, um, 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 um. Hi guys, it's me again. I totally panicked at the end of my last message, but now that I can actually get through, I'm totally using this instead of the app that always says, oops, something went wrong. I will point out that I sound like I'm calling you from a submarine, and I'm totally not. It's just that the phone quality here is garbage. Anyway, <laughs> what I tried to add to my last message is, Puppy and I were listening to your show a while ago, and he overheard Bob refer to Mary as the blonde one. And he said, isn't that cute? I'm like, yeah, it really is. He said, I should come up with something like that. I said, yeah, you totally should. And now he calls me the gray one, which actually is not at all awesome. I would really like it to stop. So to defend myself, I eat an awful lot of Lamar toast, which he does not like. And I'm okay with that because, again, heavily insured and needs my health plan. That's all I have to say for now. Have a fantastic day. Somebody in, in New Brunswick. <laughs> somebody in New Brunswick needs to step away from the Tim Hortons for just a little while. I want to know what I would love to know which coffee she's drinking because I want some of that. I really do. <laughs> Tim, I it's Tim Horton. It's Tim Horton for sure. <laughs> oh, she's great. She's great. She's I got love a punch enthusiasm. Card and it's full. I, <laughs> Yeah, I love an enthusiastic listener. She's fantastic. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I love that the city. I love that the city said, "Oh, you're not going to move it. We're going to pave over it." I love that. Yeah, that should happen right. more. <laughs> right. yeah. 
Now, <laughs> calling your wife the gray one may Ooh, not no, no, be as no, cute no, as no, calling no, your wife no, the blonde one. The blonde one. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with gray hair. You know, I think nope. it's great. Women nope. look sexy as can be with gray hair. But there's something about, well, it's the word gray, you know, which could have different meanings. So you're right. It's probably not a good idea. Why do some guys just come up with stuff like that? Why don't they step back and, and say to themselves, will this work with my woman? I think, you know, I'll just use my own husband as an example. I think the death wish comes mostly from exhaustion, you know. He's like, oh, maybe this will be the thing that sets her off once and for all. I'm tired. <laughs> Just ended but early. Can, yeah, I can only speak for him. I don't, I don't know how the rest of y'all yeah. feel, but I know that sometimes yeah. I see him calculating. How much longer do I really have? And uh, she's just going to keep talking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. It's Bob and Sherry. is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Are you ready? We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. This may be the most disturbing morons in the news I've ever had. A Utah man Uh was infuriated and left in shambles after realizing he drank urine instead of what he thought was a milkshake he ordered from Grubhub earlier in the week. Caleb Woods said he decided to order fries and a milkshake from Chick-fil-A off the Grubhub app. And he knew something was up when he took a sip from the beverage and he claimed that it made him sick afterwards. When I started eating my meal upon delivery, I put a straw in my cup that was delivered and I took a sip and I soon discovered that the cup delivered to me from the Grubhub driver was a warm cup of urine. Wood said he immediately called the driver back to his house and let him have it on the phone for basically poisoning him. He said, did you confuse the cup? Cause like, dude, this is full of pee. Woods calmly says that he told he holds a styrofoam cup up while approaching the driver outside. Do you realize this? And the driver expressed to him what happened and told him, he said, I have two styrofoam cups in the car, and I confused the milkshake for the urine cup. The driver admitted Jeez. that he clocks long hours, and he relieves himself in the car because he doesn't have time to take bathroom breaks. Wood said he called Grubhub to get his money back, though he wasn't quite given the compensation he desired. He said, I think the order was like 25 bucks. They refunded 18 the actual cost of the food. They did not refund the delivery fee or the tip. Grubhub has since put out a statement regarding this this incident. We took immediate action with the driver and ended his contract with us. The company said in a statement, we're following up with the customer to apologize, and we are coaching the representative who was previously in touch with the customer. Woo, oh man! Okay, that I, customer I have a needed of to have a fifty dollars gift certificate at least. <laughs> oh yeah! I have a couple of things. First, the fact that a human being cannot make a living and go to the bathroom yes, should make us all very wrong. sad and angry. Yeah, yeah, no human wrong. being right, should right. be making pee pee's into a Gatorade cup. 
because they don't have time to go to the bathroom. Second thing is the customer who took a sip and then got sick. <laughs> dude, you, I don't drink milk. I can't have milkshakes because of the, you know, the milk, but, um, I'm pretty sure based on how much people like them, they don't taste like urine. How did you not know in the first sip? The consistency, the consistency alone, a milkshake is thick, right? A milkshake is yeah. thick. How would you not know? Just holding it, how would you not know? Oh. Well, well, here's what you're what thinking. You're there. thinking a milkshake's going to be hard to come up with a straw. So the first sip yeah. you take on that straw, you're really going to put you. the yeah. suction to it. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Bad, bad, I, I bad, feel bad. terrible. All right. I feel terrible that this person lost his job, though. I mean, he didn't do it on purpose. No, ah. he didn't. But you do have I to mean, be you careful. Can't, be honest, no though. You can't give people a they cup of your pee. I mean, I got that. No, I got no, it. no, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's right. Oh, All right. Let's go Sherry? to today's moron of the day. Grandma had had a painting hanging in her kitchen for years and years and years. It was an 8 by 10 painting. This is a grandma in France. I mean, forever this thing had been hanging in her kitchen. And people would Mm -hmm. say to her, you know, that painting, that's really beautiful. That could be worth something. So finally, after like decades of it hanging over the stove, she took it in to have it appraised, where it was discovered to be a painting by a Florentine artist named Cenni Di Peppo that was painted in the year 1280 and has been declared by the French government a national treasure is worth a minimum of $26.8 million and is going to the Louvre. Does she get 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 money out of that? Yeah, yeah. The government has banned the painting from export. So when they auctioned it, the deal was you can buy this painting, but it it's not leaving the country. So grandma's kitchen painting is headed to the Louvre and grandma can now buy pretty much whatever she wants to hang in its place. Is that not a that wild story? That it's is. amazing. It's still in great shape over the stove after all those years. I guess it, it was the Louvre that uh, that paid the $26 million or whatever she got for it, right? Uh, no, I think a private collector did, but then donated oh, it yeah. to hang in the Louvre. Donated. You see that all the yeah, time in fantastic. museums, on loan from. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I'll, let me tell you again. It was painted in the year 1280. That's how <laughs> that, that, old that, this painting is. Ah. That is something. Wild story. We'll get it. it. Yeah. We'll get it posted up on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have comedian Brian Regan. Lamar's got some tips for you on how to get ready for the holidays and get into the jam fast. And Max. Yes. Steps out of the shadows and admits today in front of God and everybody, he can't hide it anymore. He's a Swifty. (laughs) <laughs> He's got something real special for you coming up. It's Bob and Shay. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. This is such a great little story. So back in 2010, um, a guy in the UK, he's a tile installer. Well, he was. Mm-hmm. He had about $20 in his pocket. That's all he had to his name. And he just mm-hmm. decided, what the heck? And he bought a lottery ticket. And he won a tick under $3 million. And he took some of those winnings 
And the first thing he bought for himself was a pool table. And he began practicing shooting pool. He spent thousands of hours shooting pool. During the COVID lockdowns, that's all he did Mm -hmm. was shoot pool, Mm -hmm. shoot pool, shoot pool. Well, today, that lottery winner who bought that pool table with his winnings, his name is Neil Jones, and he just won a tournament that earned him a spot on England's national billiards team. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And he just started from kind of no pun intended scratch. Well, he played. A, he, I mean, he'd shot he pool, a you know, as a as a young yeah, guy, yeah, as a teenager, yeah, as a, and as a young guy. Yeah. But then, you know, life right. gets in the way. He had a job, and he worked sure. hard. Laying sure. tile is no easy thing. But that lottery right. win, he got that three million. He bought that pool table, and he started practicing. And now. He has a spot on England's national team and a chance at making history. And the coolest part about this is he he used his lottery winnings to make like a childhood dream come true. And you've never seen a happier looking dude than this guy holding his trophy. Not only, not only is he rich now, he also is a champ at a game that is so cool. I mean, he goes into a pub over there. What do you do? I'm on the uh, national billiards team. Oh, let me buy you one. He, I mean, it's it's a double win for that guy in a big way. Good for it's him. It's a triple win. It's a triple win. He is one of the few lottery winners that's not broke in six months. Yeah, that's you, know <laughs> you know what else yeah. is so cool about this story? He didn't luck. I mean, he lucked into the lottery, but he put the right. time in to win that spot on the national team. He is making that dream come true. Round of applause. Straight ahead. Everyone needs a laugh. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters. So make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And I want to shout out our listener, Julie Frank, who said, you guys work hard and it does not go unnoticed. Let me help you find a comedian here is a set from Brian Regan. Thank you, Julie Frank. I'm actually kind of quiet off stage. A lot of people don't realize that. I was at a dinner party recently. A bunch of people that I don't know. One guy talking plenty for everybody. Me, myself, right? And then I, and then myself, right? Me, me. I couldn't tell this one about I because I was talking about myself. And then me, 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 me. Beware the me monster. So I tried to jump in with a little story. I don't want to just sit there the whole night. Right when I'm done with my story, this guy goes, that ain't nothing. (laughs) Didn't mean to waste everybody's time. (laughs) Telling my nothing story. Here, let Marco Polo speak. He's back with tales of adventure. My story ain't nothing. Maybe it wasn't, because I made the mistake of trying to tell a story about having only two wisdom teeth pulled, and I learned a lesson. Don't ever try to tell a two wisdom tooth story, because you ain't going nowhere. The four wisdom teeth people are going to parachute in and cut you off at the pass. Halt! Halt with your two wisdom tooth tail! 
You will never complete one, trust me. I'm trying to tell my story. You know, I had some wisdom teeth pulled. I had, um, I had two, I had four pulled. Oh, okay. No, five, no, nine. I had nine wisdom teeth pulled. All of mine were impacted. They were all coming in upside down. The roots were wrapped around my tongue, coming out my nose. They were tusks. I was a warthog. No anesthesia. They pulled him out with pliers. I was eating corn on the cob that afternoon. Pin the blue ribbon upon his chest. That knocks the socks off of my wisdom tooth tail. Why do people need to top other people? I've never understood it, and I see it all the time. Obviously, people get something out of it. At best, people wait for your lips to stop. Yeah, as soon as... Okay, yeah, you, me! You, me! You see the difference? You see, you see that? Now I do. What is it about the human condition? People get something out of that. That's why I have a social fantasy. I wish I was one of the 12 astronauts who have been on our moon. They must love knowing they can be anybody's story whenever they want. They can sit back quietly at a dinner party while some other person, some me monster, is doing his thing and let him go. Let him run with the line while you be quiet. Oh, really? Let him have his moment. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. I have my business. All. I got my own global enterprise. I got to check on, you know, driving in the Autobahn because I keep a fleet of sports cars over in Zurich and I get this Swiss account that I want to check it. Mount Kilimanjaro expedition might have to cancel that. You know, the runways in Aspen are a lot shorter the first time you go in there. And, you know, you know, the Pacific Rim Company, we're going to try to take that over. And what am I doing? It's global enterprise. I walked on the moon. <laughs> well, you have the floor, moonwalker. <laughs> you know, you mentioned driving on the Autobahn. That reminded me. Once I was driving in the sea of tranquility. <laughs> in my lunar rover. And I, too, was worried about our speed till I remembered, wait, we're the only ones on the moon. That's a pretty Thank good Thank you, set. Julie Frank. That is, de- that is Brian Regan, and we will post that up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And guess what? Now that Thanksgiving is behind us, we can officially talk about the holidays. And Lamar has... 10 ways to get yourself ready. Next, it's Bob and Cher. Hi, I'm Master Sergeant Jesse Trimbach, and I'm serving at Prince Sultan Air Base. I want to wish my friends and family in Bozeman, Montana, a happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I love and miss you. A heartfelt thank you for serving. Here's Bob and Sherry. Go to bobandsherry.com to nominate a teacher you think deserves a vacation to Florida. It could be you or a teacher you know and appreciate. Every week, we choose a teacher to win Bob and Sherry swag, and they're nominated for the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida, a three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, plus round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. They'll also join us for a live Teachers Tell All recording of the oddcast. Nominated teacher at bobandsherry.com. Well, 
I don't know if this is good news or bad news. It depends. Christmas is less than a month away. And before we even think about getting the decorations out, many of us are looking at other areas of the home that has to be taken care of before that really big day. Some of us are planning to replace like maybe a broken toilet seat or a cracked window or Maybe we're freshening up some walls with a new coat of paint because people are coming over. There's a lot of work getting ready for Christmas, especially if you're expecting company. If you're going to somebody else's house, not no big deal. But if you got people coming to your house, you know. Mm -hmm. And I've got a list of the top 10 things that people are looking to do to get ready for the holidays. Number one on the list, of course, is buying Christmas presents. Now, that does not involve me. Thankfully, my wife, Carla, buys, she does all of the shopping. She does all of the shopping. I only have one thing I have to do, one that I have to get right. Other than that, I'm good to go. I mean, she runs some stuff by me, and we talk about it, but she does all the legwork on that, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Right. Bob, do you do all the shopping or some of the shopping or none of the shopping? There's no shopping left. Uh, all I do is either write a check or get gift cards. And I'm serious. And that includes for my wife. I have given up on trying to figure out what the heck. Well, I'm going to, I bought some things for my grandchildren. Though, and I, because that's just so much fun. You can figure out what little kids want. And especially when their mother, my daughter, has posted a uh, uh, wish list. And all you have to do is hit the wish list and Amazon has it the next day. So that's my yep. Christmas shopping right now. And it sounds kind of sad when I think think about it. There's a lot of work to Christmas shopping. I, I mean, yeah. and I, Carla has always done it. And I mean, that's a huge burden. Right. And I hate to say it's a burden, but it is a burden. I mean, it's a lot. Sherry, I'm, do you do most of the shopping? I do most of uh, all of Christmas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. But this, it's a lot. but this year I got kind of out in front of it. I have, I mean, I'm nowhere near finished, but I've at least begun. And and it's all the kids, like they're the most fun to shop for. Right. Yeah. You know, my mom yeah. told me and my brother when we were visiting last month. She said, "Sherry, Mark, this is the last year you'll be getting a Christmas gift, and it's a good one. And then we're done. <laughs> and I don't want any gifts from you." Hmm. This is the last year. And my brother and I started laughing. And I was like, honestly, thank you. What that just lifted a giant burden. Like yeah. because it shouldn't be, but it is. Because you want to get is. you want to get it right. Yeah. It's horrific. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. All right. Number two, this is in my wheelhouse. Cleaning the bathrooms. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Cleaning the bathroom is the simplest thing because you know exactly what has to be done and you right. just do it. Okay, uh, hanging a wreath on the door. Oh my mm-hmm. lord! How simple. hard is that? They make those That's, metal yeah. hook thingies. Good yeah, there's grief. nothing to that. There's nothing to right. that. Now we get into the freshening up the walls with some paint and some different things. You have to be careful because if you say to yourself, "I need to paint this wall," okay, let me stop you there. When you paint that wall, it goes into another wall. At what point do you stop? If you're not careful, you're painting your whole house, okay? That's true. So be careful with that. Careful with that. Now, buying new Christmas decorations. Don't we already have most of the Christmas decorations? Do we need to buy new ones every year? 
some people yeah our tree is full because everywhere we go we we get a christmas decoration i I think this is a great opportunity to tell you that the bob and sherry christmas ornament is available in the bob and sherry store you're going to want to have this with caricatures all your cast members on the bob and sherry store that's the bob and sherry store at bobandsherry.com but those things are going fast very fast okay um Clean, you know, cleaning your windows and all that kind of stuff. I'm that. That's me too. I can do that as long as I don't have to Christmas shop. I'll do that. Uh, buying a Christmas tree. I've got a Christmas tree. It's got all the lights on it. It's in my basement. I've already got it. And every time a string of lights goes out on that, I throw it away and go buy another one because I hate putting lights on a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I used to do the real tree, but I don't do that anymore because you have to put lights on the real tree. Can I, can I jump in here for one second with an experience that relates to what yes, you're talking about? You, you, were, you were talking about maybe uh, making the bathroom better. We, we do yep. a lobster party once a year. We plan for it all year long, Mary and me, and we have friends over. She and I pick up the bill for all of the, uh, all of the lobsters flown in from Beals in Southwest Harbor, Maine. And uh, it's, it's a big deal for us, but we love to do it. And we were getting the house ready at the old house. And I went into the guest bathroom and the toilet seat was cracked. And I went, oh man, that looks bad. So I went over to Lowe's and I got another toilet seat, right? And I put it on, except I got one that's a little smaller than I should have gotten. It still functions, but it's just a little bit smaller. So we have a friend and he brought his husband and I had not met his husband before. And he seemed like a really nice guy. Come to find out. And he's getting one of my free lobsters, by the way. He, he went into the guest room, noticed that there was a discrepancy in the size of the toilet seat, took a picture of it, and posted it on Facebook, saying, some people are just not handy. Hey, Bob. <laughs> you know, the toilet seats now, the things that connect them, this is sexy talk, are plastic. So it wasn't too long after we moved into this house that one broke. And I called Kevin into the bathroom and I said, what's up with this? And he looked at me and he goes, woman, you're hard on a toilet seat. (laughs) I was like, could you just keep sweet talking me like that forever? (laughs) Could we just keep this magic on common? (laughs) Let's do some more of these straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. All right. We're in the holiday spirit here early on the Bob and Sherry show. And Lamar is sharing with us some things that we have to be aware of and prepare for if folks are coming over to our house for one of the holiday celebrations. Lamar, what you got next? You know, there's a big decision, too, on the tree because the tree is the center point. Okay. right. Now, the question is. Do you go with real tree or do you go with artificial tree? I'm artificial tree. Bob, what are you? I have been real tree all my life until I met Mary. And now uh, she had the, had a tree and it, it meant something to her and her kids. And I said, okay, it's fine with me. That tree wore out and I said, let's get another artificial tree and get the one with the colored bulbs already on it. And that's what we yes. have. And I like it. I, I, I feel like I've, I've disappointed my father once again, but uh, I like it. Well, 
I love the smell of a new tree, of, of, a, of a fresh tree, but I really like the artificial tree. Sherry, what do y'all do? We're um, real tree people. Uh, left to my devices, we would have a silver tree with all yes. sorts of crazy lights on it. Yes. Um, but Kevin likes a real tree. And, you know, it, I think that when it comes to the holidays, the person who feels the most strongly, it's kind of like having kids person who feels the most strongly should win that fight he strongly yeah. loves a real tree so we have a yeah. real tree yeah that's right max that's what, right. Are you, what do y'all do real tree it's a lot that's walking distance from where we live and we go and get it every year at the same lot that's cool. and it's not just Doc. because it's a part of their tradition that uh you say they're the ones because it means so much to them it's not because of the tradition for them it's because we just don't want to hear them complaining about not getting that that type of tree that they like for four yeah. weeks. Yeah, like I'm not so committed to it that that I want to make it. That's not a hill I'm gonna even go to. No, on, no, right? it's not worth it. All How right, over you, to Doc? Doc. What you got, Doc? Doc finally left us because he's. Just, I think he says, I can't put up with these self-involved people. I've just had enough <laughs> of them. <laughs> I really, I just, I, I didn't you know. I work. I didn't and I know. Work he didn't celebrate just, Christmas. I just don't want to be involved with these people. I just didn't know. Yeah. I just, oh, wait, I, I like, think I think I see him. I had no idea he could run that fast. I mean, I knew he was a softball <laughs> player, but he's quite he an athlete. Dare. Come back, dog. I can't remember when I was single what I did. I think I had a little tiny fake tree when I was in the condo and I was single, and. I didn't, I didn't do the whole tree, even though, you know, the kids would come for a drive-by to say hello to me. Boy, this is sad, isn't it? I'm glad that's in the past. <laughs> a little tiny tree. A drive-by visit from your own children, meaning they didn't want to stay long. Um, I, just, I think I just had a little small one, but I've always had something. I wonder if there are a lot of single guys that just say, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it. It's I think there probably are. That. It depends. It depends, on how, it depends on how old your children I, are. I've done that, but of course I didn't have children, but I was celebrating elsewhere. And my feeling was, yeah, okay, why am I doing it do here? It. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I'll go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, right. A little bit Carly selfish. Carly decorates a tree fun. at my house. Why is it so, selfish? I'm the only no, one I'm only, there. I'm, I'm the only, only one kidding. coming in. I mean, I'm, I'm only kidding. kidding. I'm only kidding. Well, I mean... I, I used to do the yard. I used to go out and I would go when Alex and Gabriel were small. Cause my, my kids, they're, they're, they're Carlos kids that are my, my kids and then my bonus kids. Uh, when they were still young, uh, my kids are already grown or whatever. So I didn't really do a lot of outside stuff, but I would put like a thousand lights out in the bushes and I had a big blow up Santa Claus. You know, I did all of that. Oh stuff. yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's great to put it up, but man, it's tough taking it down. Because there's no joy in taking it down. And so not I only no joy. A lot. Not only no joy in taking it down, but you take it down and it's wet and dirty. <laughs> you got to deal yeah. with it before you put it away. Yes, yes. And then, and and then you say, I'm going to take these stringed lights that I have in the uh, boxwoods in the front of the house. And this year I'm going to wrap them right. So next year they'll just come apart and they'll go right back on. And it never works. I got frames for mine and I wrapped them, so it was no problem. But here's here's yeah. the other thing though, 
you they're all they're all shining when you take them down but then when you get ready to put them back up there's something wrong there's a short here yeah. there's a short there and that, that's a whole yeah. other big problem that's exactly then you got to right. replace the light bulbs and all that kind of stuff so i'm right. big on that right. yeah shopping for food if you've got a lot of people coming this is a huge responsibility i mean because you've got to cook the main stuff people are going to bring things so that's great but you're responsible for like the main deal, the turkey. You're responsible for that. You're responsible for a lot of stuff. And that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Uh, buying the food and all that kind of stuff. And it don't is. forget, tables and chairs. Yeah. You gotta have a head count, you know? And we bought a dining room table that puts two leaves in it. So you can actually seat 12 people. So that's, what we that's do is really we, great. We put, we put the leaves in, and then I get like another eight-foot table and put it at the end, and it goes from one end of the kitchen to the other side of the house. So we look like a bunch of pilgrims, I guess, but we're all lined up. Because I no, like to I get think, everybody at one table if I can. Yeah, I, I think like that's that. very cool. That's very I cool. Like all right, Lamar. So you've only, you've you got less much. than 30 days, so get yeah. busy. you got a lot to do, a lot to do. That's right. Merry Christmas. This it's is Bob, Bob and Sherry. And Sherry. My name is Second Lieutenant Andrew Young. I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, I'm with 70 BSB HSC. I want to wish my friends and family back home a happy holidays, and I look very much forward to seeing you guys again soon. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. So I don't see anybody talking about this, and maybe it's because we don't follow the news out of Kathmandu as closely as we should. But do you know that the country of Nepal has banned TikTok? And let me tell you why they've banned TikTok. Here's what the uh, foreign minister of Nepal said. I'm going to read his exact words. Quote, the government has decided to ban TikTok effective immediately as it's necessary to regulate the use of the social media platform that is disrupting social harmony, goodwill, and the flow of decent materials. I can't argue. <laughs> I, I mean, no. I know there's a lot of funny things on TikTok, um, but I can't argue. Also, that that part of uh, that continent is not really excited about uh, China, and China owns TikTok. Still, China owns right? TikTok. Yeah. Listen, Nepal is not here to play. In 2018, yeah. they banned any and all porn sites coming in through the internet. You just cannot, if you're visiting Nepal and that's a need you have, you're going to have to cold turkey it while you're there. And now I got to tell you, if you're TikTok in Nepal and you have that need, uh, <laughs> you got a problem that you need to address. I know. Like, sir, that's that. Look at that. Look at this spectacular landscape. Not at your phone. Right. No, right. not at your phone. There's other mountains here. Okay. Like, look at those. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was. It wasn't like we're going to ban TikTok and we're going to gradually phase it out. No, effective immediately. Ain't Go no on. TikTok coming into yeah. Nepal. Yeah. Now there are a lot of people that are cheering that on, but I want you to right. think about what you're cheering for. Okay, that's censorship. It is censorship. You're right. You're right. As as, yeah. dis, as disruptive to social harmony as it may be, that's censorship. Mm. I don't know you're that we exactly want to cheer right. for that. Just putting yeah. that out there. 
It's Bob right. and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. So, we're sitting together the other afternoon after work, and we're talking about Taylor Swift. Max and I are going back and forth, and Lamar's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know as much as you do. And that was the moment Max realized, oh my God, I'm a Swifty, and I have been forever. And there's no shame in that game, Max. I'm so proud of you for coming into the light. I'm a Swifty. You're a Swifty. Bob's a Swifty. Lamar's going to be a Swifty too. And in honor of Max's realization of his true self, he's got a little something special for you. So according to Ranker.com, these are the least and most objectionable men Taylor Swift has dated. Okay, so we're going to start at the least objectionable and work our ways down to the most objectionable. And uh, the one that's second to the top, you'll really understand. The, la- the the one that's most objectionable, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because I am a Swifty and I know these things. <laughs> All right. Uh, so number one is Taylor Lautner. You remember Taylor? She dated him from August 2009 to November 2009 after meeting on the set of Valentine's Day. And if you're wondering what song did she write about him, the song Back to December was written about him. And listen, he is married to a woman named Taylor. So he's Taylor. He dated Taylor. His wife is Taylor. And they've remained really good friends. And he is totally unobjectionable. He seems like a nice guy, right? Right. So uh, number two, least least objectionable. Anyhow, uh, Joe Alwyn. This is who she just broke up with this year. Uh, She dated him from May 2017 till March 2023. I have a lot of strong feelings about Joe, and I would not call him unobjectionable, but that's just me being a Swifty. Next. And apparently no song written about him. That's kind of oh. interesting. The longest it's relationship. Coming. And, um, it's it's yeah, coming. Probably. Uh, number three is Harry Styles. She dated him from December 2012 to January 2013. That doesn't sound like a very long relationship, but it did marry uh, a couple of songs. Style and Out of the Woods were written about him. Mm-hmm. Number four is And we Tom- thank him for his excellent service. Those are two really good songs. <laughs> um, Go number four is Tom Hiddleston, collectively known as Hiddleswift, if you remember that. They dated during the summer of 2016 and were only official for a few short months. I have no song written about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he- he was um, captured and posted all over social media wearing like an iHeart TS t-shirt and people just smacked him one side up and down the other. But, you know, here's a guy trying to support his girlfriend and he got his butt handed to him for that. All Next. right. Uh, number five is Lucas Till. I uh, dated, uh, she dated from 2009 to, to March 2009 to April 2009 and was in the You Belong to Me music video. Uh, two months, you know, nobody knows who he is. Uh, number right. six is Calvin Harris. They dated uh, from March 2015 to June 2016. He's a DJ and producer. Bob still doesn't I know was what sad. he does for a living. I was no. sad. He's had a couple of big um, hits, big radio hits. I was sad. I kind of liked them as a couple, but of course that was before Travis Kelsey came on the scene. Next, 
Uh, number seven is Joe Jonas. Uh, they, he dumped oh. Swift during a 27-second phone call on October 2008 after the two started dating in July of that same year. I think it's interesting that we have this number, a 27-second phone call. Hmm. I wonder where that came from. Uh, he had the Forever and Always and Better Than Revenge songs written about him. Number eight is Jake Gyllenhaal. You remember? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All too well, the 10-minute opus. <laughs> <laughs> so they dated from uh, October 2010 to January 2011 and all too well. And the moment I knew a rumor to be about him mm-hmm. as well. Also, uh, the rumor is that we are never, ever getting back together was written about him, too. And you know the line that gives it away that it's about Gyllenhaal? Mm. Um, when she says, um, go find your peace of mind with some indie record, that's much cooler than mine. Yeah, because he, he, like, mocked her um, talent and career. Hey, we're going to know. Have, hey. Like a tea bag. <laughs> um, we're running out of time here. Can we can we carry this across? Yes, we can. We can extend this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. More right, well, of Max's excellent detective work as a Swifty. Straight ahead. Yes, Bob. I want to tell what I think about the twenty-seven second phone call <laughs> coming up. That's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Bob and Sherry. Hello, I'm First Lieutenant Johnny Shavills. I am with the 34th cost here in Camp Amazon, Kuwait. And I just wanted to give you guys a holiday shout out. I love you all so much. And this shout out goes to my sister, Sierra, and my brother. And I hope you all are doing well. Say hello to Chloe for me. <laughs> Here's Bob and Sherry. And we are back with Max's excellent presentation of Taylor Swift's exes from least objectionable to most because Max has finally come into the light and admitted, oh my God, I think I'm a Swifty. Now, Joe Jonas is high on the list of objectionable exes, as he should be. And he broke up with our girl in a 27-second phone call. And I believe Bob has some feelings about that one. Not very many people, men or women, would remember that it was exactly 27 seconds. But here's why I think that she remembered it. It's for the same reason when I'm out of the world and somebody does something really screwed up to mess up my day. The best I can get out of that situation, whatever it is, is I can go on the show with that. I'm going to make. You know, a little bit of money, despite the fact that I was screaming at this person in the parking lot for dumping their ashtray out. I'm still going to make a little bit of money off it. It keeps my job going. She gets the breakup from this guy. She knows this is going to go public. She's gone through another one. And she just happens to look down at her phone and it says 27. And she goes to herself. I'm going to remember that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to write a song and make some money off of that. Um, the thing that I will say, I do not disagree with you, and um, smartphones make it possible for you to know exactly how long a breakup took right. or the bank kept you on yeah. hold or whatever. Um, the thing is, people, and, and you just did it there, although I know you didn't mean it this way. Oh, she's lost another one. This is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift doesn't lose a man. A man loses Taylor Swift. Can can I just be serious here? I don't follow Tay's career as closely as you do. 
as someone who's just an outsider, and I like her, and I, I think that she does remarkable things off the stage, too, you know, with voter registrations and, and uh, charities that she supports. And yeah, her, and, her and all of that. From, from an outsider's view only, it seems like guys leave her a lot. And I don't, I don't know why she does seem to be the whole package, but it's quite a package. And I just wonder, you know, is it too much for, for a lot of guys, even show business guys? So I think it is. Am I wrong in, in saying a lot of the guys walk? Um, she should never have been with Jake Gyllenhaal. He was too old for her and he did, he had no respect for her. She was just like a little shiny toy. He was bopping along. He really hurt her. Taylor Lautner, I mean, they dated for a month. You've dated women for a month, and nobody accused you mm-hmm. of having a relationship with them. Um, Joe mm-hmm. Alwyn, that was a serious relationship, and she ended it because he was so threatened by her success. He hated the attention that she got. He was just pissy about it. She has not, you know, she gets, like, harassed and shamed for just, she's 33 years old, I think now, right? Mm-hmm. She's just living her life. She's had mm-hmm. fewer fewer boyfriends than most people I know who are 33. It's just that it's so public. Hey, I have six more guys to go through here. Oh, sorry about that. I don't want to screw up the conversation here. Uh, Number nine on the list is the late Corey Monteith, and she wrote the song Mine About Him. Next was a guy named Cord Overstreet. Are you familiar with Cord Overstreet? Well, he's on Glee. Too, he was on yeah. Glee as well. That's right. And they dated for a few months in 2011. Next is Connor Kennedy. And uh, they dated from July 2012 to September 2012. And uh, Starlight is the song that she wrote about him. Uh, Brandon Borrello. Uh, they. Uh, think that he was the inspiration for the songs 15 and Tim McGraw, and they dated in 20, uh, 2005. Yeah, like she was in ninth grade, okay? Like, are you allowed to have a ninth grade boyfriend that you write a heartbreak song about? Yeah, and uh, so number 13 on the list is John Mayer. Oh. <laughs> they dated from 2009 to 2010. He was a good deal older than her. He was 32, she was 19. And uh, she wrote the songs Dear John and the Story of Us to that. Jordan mm. Alford, um, I don't, they said it was a high school boyfriend, and the, and the movie or the uh, song Picture to Berm was written about him. And then Maddie Healy, do you remember that? She dated him for the like a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he comes in on this list. And uh, the la- and so he's the most objectionable, but I've got an honorable mention on here. And uh, the honorable mention is a guy by the name of Drew Hardwick, who she dated in high school. And it's thought that the song she wrote about him was this one. He's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. The only thing that keeps me wishing on a wishing star. He's a song in the car. I keep singing no more. That's it. That is the least to most objectionable men, according to Ranker and Swifty fans. Let me, uh, you know, I'll let tell, me tell you what you I admire story. about. Yeah, go ahead. About this song. They, it was high school. They went out a few right. times. She writes the song because she's Taylor Swift. She's a songwriter. This poor guy had no idea how much she liked him and has been kicking himself ever since. Her parents <laughs> laugh about it. Yeah. 
It wouldn't have lasted. It wouldn't have lasted. I admire her. She's in show business. There's a lot of temptations. There's a lot of distractions. She's got an, um, the most amazing career on the planet right now. Some of those guys were around just three months. And you know what? As a young woman, she's keeping her eye on the prize. And she's going, yeah, there's nothing there. I got to move along. I admire like, that. Well, she's, she's touring the world and making music. Right. Like, she doesn't necessarily have time to really dive in. Yeah. And that's it. Poor Drew. Well done. Thank you, Max. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this All right, this is going to be so painful for you as dudes. I'm just going to tell you right now. this, But this is painful for me. This is going to be painful for a lot of people. These are the top holiday trends for 2023 and i i you know what i'm jealous of most in this world i'm jealous of people who have this kind of time on their hands let me explain we're going to kick it off with the very first 2023 holiday trend um remember hot girl summer it's gingerbread girl holidays and we're not talking about just making a cookie that's a gingerbread girl we're talking about um returning according to according to the etsy team we're talking about returning to a wholesome, rustic lifestyle that celebrates simplicity and tradition, warm tones, cozy textures, foraged decor, and vintage pieces. Kevin, after I finish work today, I'm heading out into the front yard to forage us up some holiday decor. <laughs> you know what forage decor is for a lot of people? Picking up an old couch on the side of the road. That's porridge decor. <laughs> Pinecone. All right. Here's yeah. <clears throat> here is the next. Uh, am I will I be having gingerbread girl holidays? Um, I'll be having the same holidays I have every year. Frazzled working wine mom holidays. I do it every right. year. It's a beloved tradition. The kids couldn't live without it. All right, here we go. Go with you straight. This <laughs> this year, it's not about tablescaping. This year it's about mantlescaping. If you have a fireplace mantle, what you need to do according to this is you need to infuse it, not just with your own personal style and flair, but you need to throw in some family heirlooms. Hey, Bob, you got any family heirlooms? (laughs) Um, I have absolutely no um, tangible things from my family, and I have six (laughs) pictures. So we could put some out of focused photographs of me on a beach with my father looking away and uh one of my early you know pictures in school beyond that i got nothing girls we're gonna manlescape i need you to go get grandma black hair's turquoise tupperware potato salad container and your grant <laughs> and the receipt for your grandfather's bail bondsman and a pack of smokes those are the family i would come to your house i would come to your house and love to see that All right. Grandpa chic is our next holiday trend, boys. What is grandpa chic? It's a masculine twist on coastal grandmother. It gives us Mm. history and comfort. It's distinguished decor, rich tones. You like this kind of stuff, Bob. Burgundy, olive green, tobacco. Yeah. Jewel um, tones. Plaids, leather. Yeah. Your your old house, your Mary's old house was very grandpa chic. 
The next time she gives you grief about your taste, I want you to look her right in the face and say, I'm sad for you, Mary. I'm on the cutting edge of grandpa chic. And that should keep yeah. her quiet for a good 10 that minutes. Sh- oh, that'll keep her quiet. She's going to go off and think about that. <laughs> I'm living Elevated. with grandpa chic. Yeah. Elevated entertaining. What is the trend toward elevated entertaining? Well, um, it's uh, prioritizing well-made entertaining essentials. Now, I think this entire trend is aimed at every person on beachfront bargains and um, the all the HTTP shows that are always like, and we do a lot of entertaining and we need a lot of space for entertaining. And now we're doing elevated entertaining, which means we're <laughs> overpaying for napkins. Is that what it means? You have fancy napkins and you have, uh, place you have fancy napkins. And, yeah, 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 and handmade. Here we go. Um, there has been a four thousand one hundred and nine percent increase in searches for handmade glassware. These are the people searching for this have no children or cats. That's who's searching for handmade glassware. And they don't have a washing machine either. Um, here we go. Candy core. This is the trend that the um, influencers at Etsy, Etsy are the most excited about it. What is candy core? Well, it brings together two of summer 2023's hottest trends, Barbie and mermaid, but with a holiday twist. Here's what you would do if you want to have a candy core Christmas. You decorate your tree and your whole house as though you're inspired by a sugary fantasy world filled with candy canes and gumdrops and iridescent materials and playful patterns and delicious colors and sequined items like placemats and napkins and runners. Uh, who, who Sounds has like a energy? lot of work. Who and has money. The time? Yeah. Who has the energy and money? And finally, after you've gotten your handmade glassware and your sequined placemat and your grandpa, your coastal grandpa, couch and all this other crap then it's time to make meaningful memories yeah and you've heard of birthstones mm-hmm. well apparently there are also birth flowers and searches for birth flowers online have spiked mm-hmm. by 21,000 mm-hmm. percent which tells me that these are in fact the end times who do you know that would be impressed with birth flowers? I mean, I love flowers, but you walk to somebody's house. Oh, look, that, you know what these are? These are Frank's birth flowers. I wouldn't know what to say. Let me oh. tell you who'd be into this. My youngest daughter and her friends. They would be way into this. They would like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but only because they're at a point in their lives where they have the luxury of time to think about birth flowers that's right that's exactly whereas right. whereas i'm over here foraging for my holiday decorations because i'm having gingerbread girl christmas <laughs> let me gran- get this the, posted up on the grandpa you know what i'd rather do yeah. all this stuff i'd rather go to a soccer game that's how bad i hate that <laughs> i would rather go to a soccer game <laughs> wow Let me get this posted up for all of my fellow gingerbread girls and grandpa chic decorators. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. We've talked about this before on the show. Why do runway models always look so grumpy? The New York Times' Vanessa Friedman said readers wonder why we rarely see smiles on the catwalk or even in magazines and TVs from high-fashion models. She says, I get this question all the time. The truth is, it's awfully hard to maintain a believable expression of great joy when you're walking in front of hundreds, if not thousands of strangers, all there to render their judgment on what you are wearing. Your shoes probably don't fit right since they're samples. You have to concentrate on slipping or falling. You are in 80 degrees weather and you're partially blinded by a zillion photographs wearing leather. Uh, while the clothes are designed to make consumers feel good, they should also make them feel safe and strong. And so you will see signs backstage scribbled by the producers for the models to read that say, Own the room! Walk like you mean it! You know, I understand all of that. The joke is, the reason they all have sour looks on their faces is they haven't eaten in four days. Okay, so that's the joke. (laughs) But you know what I think the real reason is? The designers say, I don't want the people looking at you and your face with a lovely smile. I want you blank. I want them looking at my shoes and my dresses and my coats. And that's not mentioned in this article. I think she missed the boat on this thing, to be honest with you. Don't don't you think it's always that way? Whether it's a runway model or bless his heart, Johnny Depp and that new, uh, what's the name of the cologne that he's pitching right now? Sauvage? Sauvage. Sauvage. Johnny Depp is out there with a wolf on a frozen pond, um, you know, playing a guitar. And then he throws the guitar down. He's so pissed off and he walks away with the wolf. Johnny, you won the case. You have $300 million. Let's, let's have a little smile, shall we? And nobody buys you as a rock star. I just, I don't get it. But that's my opinion. I think it's the producers, the designers who say, don't smile. I don't want them looking at you. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. My wife Mary decided that the tree would go up last night. And the tree is up in the attic in a bag. She's had it for years, along with these big tubs of ornaments. She's very organized with this stuff, you know. So she said, um, I'm going up there, and I'll hand the stuff down Cover to me. you. I'm going yeah. in. Yeah. And then we grabbed Hampton, because uh, he's getting older, and she wants him to be a part of, of doing this. So we went up there, and uh, she handed me the tree, and I, I pulled this bag. It's, it's really amazing. The whole tree is in there. It's not decorated, of course, but it's all in there. And then she had to go do something. And she said, would you bring down some of the other tubs? And there was that moment. There was that moment as I was pulling the tub. We had one of those pull-down ladder yeah, things yeah. to go to the attic. Hampton's up there. Can I help? Can I help? He can do nothing at this point with this tub. I just don't want him to fall down and crack his head open. Right, right. right. So I'm pulling the tub down, and the tub is too, it's too fat to pull down. I don't know how we got it up. You know, it's a year ago. You forget how things actually work. Maybe I should have done it sideways. Uh, maybe I should have gotten her to help me. 
but as I got it halfway down, it's stuck. It's stuck. And uh, I was going, hmm. And I'm pulling it, and I'm pulling it. And then I, I hit my thumb, and it was at that moment <laughs> I said to myself, you got a choice here. The first word of Christmas. <laughs> the first word of Christmas could be coming out of your mouth. And I stifled it. And I just pushed the tub back. You only stifled it because Hampton was there. Probably. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And he was watching me, and he, he said, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to find a better way to do it, son. We're going to turn it sideways and see if it comes in. Can I help? Yes, you can help. But please don't fall down and crack open your head. We slowly pulled it down. And you know what it was? It worked. And I was proud because I did it the right way. Very often in my life... <laughs> I've not done it. I have right. not done it the right way. I've done it. You've let the, the word jam fly. it any way you can yeah. way, you know? Yeah. And let the word fly way. And I and I was proud of myself that I I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. And and then I did another good thing. I had a glass of wine, you know? Mm-hmm. Normally I would be sitting in my little reading area alone. I went downstairs and I was a part of the tree decoration. I I didn't really do the decoration cuz she likes to, but I was right there. I was involved. You were present. That's all you present. need to be is present. That's right. You just need to show up. Yes. That's and and not complain because they loved when show I say up they, and don't women. complain. That's yeah. right. That is really fifty to maybe even seventy five percent of it for women. If you're a guy, if you just show up while she's doing this stuff and don't complain, Can and I- that goes for shopping and that goes for all this stuff, even going to her sister's house. I will speak from experience now, not in my current life, because this is not Kevin, but um, the man complaining about Christmas while you're decorating. Sweetie, it comes every year this time, and we're going to celebrate Christmas. Right. Like, did you really think that this year I would turn to you and go, you know, you're right. This is a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah. Screw this. Yeah. Kids, we're Jews. Did you really think that was going to happen? No. No, no. it's not going to happen. It's not. Instead, what I'm thinking while you're sitting there complaining (laughs) and I'm hanging the balls on the trees, you know what I'm thinking? Statistically speaking, how much longer can he live? (laughs) Yeah, right. Do you want that? No, no, I don't want that. No, you don't want that. And then I was faced, you know that I've, uh, I've furnished our house, right? So I consider myself to have an eye for what looks good. And she's picked a place to put the tree. That you don't entirely don't like. agree with. No. It's difficult to get around, and it's right next to uh, the couch and everything. I don't like it. And I, I, I said, you know, sweetheart, over in that corner, it would have, like, it would really look better, and we could move around. She gave me such a look <laughs> that I, I said, I'm going to go to uh, Portofino's and pick up the pizza. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, and it's going to stay there. And I took her son aside, and I said, let this be a lesson to you very early. Wherever the woman wants that tree, that tree is going to be. If she wants that tree in the bathroom, next to the toilet, that's where it's going. It. I've never understood men who... Shut up. You're not, your complaining is not going to change anything. You're just a big negative sack of misery. Shut up. Shut a what? up. A big complaining <laughs> negative sack of misery. Who, statistically speaking, how much longer can you live? <laughs> Stop ruining Christmas. Stop it. 
Wow. Sack of misery. A big complaining negative sack it's of misery. Not for a rock with band. With shoes in a head. Just, just call it Sack of Misery. It's a great rock band name. Sack of Misery. Sack of Misery. I mean, sitting, listen. Honestly, listen to some of these emo records. Sitting <laughs> you know there on I mean? the couch going, Eddie's just put it up and then we just got to take it down again. Just going to put it up to take it down again. Just, Shut up. Yeah. The ch- Shut up. It's a Just month let her, out let, of let her have year. It. Let I her had, have it. I had yeah. one that I would put all the Christmas lights up on the outside of the house, uh-huh. and she would have nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Wouldn't even bring the tubs down. Mm-hmm. I had one. All right? Mm-hmm. And then when it got, then when it got done, and the lights came on, and I was like Clark Griswold out there, kids, mm-hmm. look. She would go, oh, you missed over here. <gasps> what about over there? Ooh. And don't you think we should have some lights on the bushes? Oh. That would irk me. And that's when the holiday drinking began. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you one thing about being Todd's woman. You know you're on the green mile at all times, right? So you better get with the mayor of Holiday Village's plan. Because he will eyeball you and you know there's the door. I put her in the... There's the sack. The big sack of crisp... What was it? A big complaining negative sack of misery. At the Bob and Cherry Show, everyone knows that Bob Lacey is the self-proclaimed mayor of Christmas Village because of his great Christmas spirit. I've just decided not to send out Christmas cards. Bob, Bob, Bob. Well, the mayor of Christmas Village wants Bob and Cherry listeners all over the land to get all the presents this year. Of course, Bob won't actually be buying the gifts. Bob, Bob, Bob. But you already knew that presenting the 12 days of christmas from december 4th through december 19th we'll select one lucky listener to win a bob and sherry swag box since bob's not actually paying for it bob, bob, bob. we're just gonna grab a few things off the shelf and send them to you there are water bottles coffee mugs grocery bags beach balls pens keychains and more a lot of stuff you can buy at the bob and sherry store bob and sherry.com it's a 12 days of christmas celebration bob lacy's Style. Just enter at the contest page at bobandsherry.com. Hi, I'm Sergeant Graves. I'm here at Camp Humphreys in South Korea, and I just wanted to give a shout out to my family back home in the Chicagoland area. Happy holidays. I love you guys and miss you. Across the country and around the world on Armed Forces Radio, it's Bob and Sherry. I am looking at a dinner menu from April 11th, 1912. The location is the Titanic Superliner, and that is three days before it hit the iceberg and went down. Let me read the lead-in here. Over a century has passed since the tragic sinking of the Titanic in 1912, yet the allure and fascination surrounding this ill-fated ocean liner persists. Those particularly fond of history of the iconic liner will be happy to learn that a scarce first-class menu from the ship itself is going to be sold at an upcoming auction with Titanic-related memorabilia. And this this, uh, menu is the one that people who have money and are interested in the Titanic want. April 11th, 1912. Would you like to hear what the first-class passengers are going to be dining at? All right. Hors d'oeuvres. You can have oysters or consomme, and uh, creme de asparagus. Also, salmon with hollandaise and white bait. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the oysters and pass on the white bait. 
uh, for dinner. Uh, tornados of beef, a la Victoria, uh, squab, uh, spring lamb with mint sauce, roast chicken with bread sauce, a sirloin steak with horseradish cream. On the side, puree parsnips, green peas, boiled rice, and you also have a choice of boiled new potatoes. Also, mallard duck is on the side if you have a really exotic sort of palate. You would get at the end of it port wine, and the dessert is Victoria pudding, apricots, let's see, petite mocha, mocha, M-O-C-K-A, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And French, French ice cream. That is what uh, was on the menu for that one night, and of course it would change every single day. And what is that going to go on the auction block for? It's predicted at right about $86,000. Wow. Eighty-six grand. yeah. There's What's some folks, though, uh, that are yeah. obsessed with Titanic yeah. that could They are obsessed. A, a menu yeah. uh, several years ago for lunch, the day Titanic sank, was uh, auctioned off for $120,000. So the closer you wow. get to people's deaths, evidently, the more... The more it is, uh, there's hey, that petite mocha hey. is like a little cupcake with a warm, soft center. Doesn't that sound good? It does, doesn't sound it? Good. And yeah. now I'm going to tell you something that you're going to be like, What? The ba- the chief baker on Titanic who made that mocha and that mm-hmm. Victoria cake, he was mm-hmm. a 35 year old British man named Charles Jofen. And after the Titanic struck the iceberg, um, Jofen decided that. He was never going to get off that ship, that he was going down with the boat. So um, he leapt out of his bunk and he began sending his staff, stock the lifeboats, make sure there's plenty of bread and, and biscuits and get those lifeboats stocked with food. And as he was having his team of cooks stocking the lifeboats, he would pop back into his cabin and have a nip off the brandy. Then he'd come back out and help load the lifeboats. Then he'd sneak back down to his cabin and he'd have a nip off the brandy. He refused a spot in the boat and he began picking reluctant women who didn't want to leave their husbands. He began picking them up and dropping them into the boats. He told the investigation that inquired into the Titanic sinking, he said, we threw those women in. By 1.30 in the morning, the Titanic was listing. Most of the lifeboats were gone and to Charles Jofen, oh well, it's my time. God has ordained it. He went back down to his cabin and he had another drink. Water was coming through the doorway of his cabin, but he didn't care. He splashed through the water and got back up topside. He began throwing deck chairs overboard, thinking, well, maybe people that fall into the water will be able to float on these. Then he worked his way back to the pantry in Titanic's kitchens and he got a drink of water and he said he was standing on the stern when the ship broke in half. He said it just broke in half. He made his way to the stern rail and he rode the sinking Titanic into the North Atlantic like it was an elevator. And he was in the water for hours and he didn't die. And do you know why that was? Tell me. Because of all the booze he drank. Typically, that alcohol would have dilated his blood vessels and made him even more vulnerable. But by some just random, miraculous situation, 
all that drinking, when he hit the water, it was so cold. When he hit the water, it tightened his blood vessels, canceled out the effect of the alcohol. And even though it was almost physiologically impossible, he survived for two hours in the frozen North Atlantic till he was fished out of the water and put in a boat. <laughs> um, that is an amazing moment. That really is. Lamar, I feel I feel better about having a cocktail now and then. Don't I you? do, I do. Yeah. It's a preventative for drowning in freezing yeah. water. I like yeah. it. I like it. Isn't so it amazing? It is. Yeah. Wow, what it a is. story. $86,000. Get that menu. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. Anyone who knows me knows like I'm a total fanatic for the space program and space in general. And if, if I'd just been smarter, I probably would have been an astronomer. Frank Borman, the astronaut, died um, earlier this month on November 7th. He was 95 years old. And of course, Frank Borman was on Apollo 8. And I want to tell you, because it's the holiday season, I want to tell you a little Frank Borman story. The Apollo 8 astronauts, Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders, became the very first human beings to orbit another world. They were orbiting the moon. And you may not realize this or remember this, but they went into lunar orbit on Christmas Eve in 1968. I want you to think wow, about that. Wow, I didn't that. know it was Christmas Eve. That's something. It was Man, that Christmas must have really Eve. been emotional. And Frank Borman was told by NASA that he and his fellow astronauts on the Apollo 8, the very first manned mission to the moon, the very first human beings to orbit another planet, NASA said, guys, you will have the biggest audience that has ever listened to the human voice so that's true. I want you to yeah. think about that. And mm-hmm. we want you to think about what message you're going to bring to the people of the world on Christmas Eve. So Jim Lovell said, we thought about it a lot. And we knew that there are so many people and so many religions all around the world. And we wanted to do something that would be meaningful to all people of earth. So they opted to read the first 10 verses of Genesis and the Bible because mm-hmm. they said, you know, that that's the foundation, not just of the Christmas, of the Christian religion, but of all religions. And they got to where they were in that orbit on Christmas Eve, 1968, because NASA made a brave, insane, improvisational call. Um, President Kennedy had said, we need to get these astronauts landing on the moon. But there were all these delays with the lunar module program that were slowing the Apollo program down. So NASA said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make some adjustments. We're going to send the Apollo 8 astronauts to the moon without a lunar module. And this was the first time human beings had flown on the Saturn rocket, which I will remind you, was repurposed. Its original job was to deliver nuclear warheads. It's massive. If you've ever been to Kennedy Space Center, the Saturn V is like the size of Rhode Island. And for human beings to be strapped to what was basically a rocket delivering intercontinental ballistic missiles was kind of scary. But NASA said, guys, you have to. You absolutely have to do this. And so 
they said to President Kennedy. All right, we're going to get them up there. They're not going to land on the moon, but they're going to orbit the moon and they're going to bring the people of Earth an inspiring message. And ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Now approaching uh, lunar sunrise, and uh, for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth, and the Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning was the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you. All of you on the good earth. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is. You know what? You know what I would have said? Hey, hey, y'all. I can see my house. <laughs> For anyone that's like, eh, well, that was kind of staticky. Well, excuse me. It was 55 years ago, and they were orbiting the freaking moon in a soup can. Yeah, that was great. It's amazing how they're able to do all. It's just just crazy. It's mind blowing. I know. I I love. Oh, I love the Apollo program. I'm drinking out of an Apollo official NASA Apollo coffee mug. Oh, I want to be an astronaut. It's Bob and Cherry. The Bob and Cherry Holiday Slash Christmas Store is now open. Merry Christmas! Santa's elves are working overtime to get you some great deals, like the Bob and Cherry Big Book Bundle, featuring Cooking with Cats, the Book of Bob, and our adult coloring book, too. Christmas miracles do happen. Plus, for the first time ever, the Bob and Cherry Christmas Ornament, featuring caricatures of the whole cast. Bob and Cherry phone cases, luggage tags, tote bags, and Hanukkah coffee mugs, and Oi to the World shirts. True Weird Stuff's swag and more free shipping on orders over 75 dollars. merry christmas the holidays are here at the bob and sherry store conveniently located on the shop tab at bob happy holidays sign up for our newsletter we never spam you never did get bob and sherry exclusives just go to bob and 
We have a friend who is retired near where we live, and she came over for dinner the other night, and she was talking about some relatives that were coming to her house for the holidays. And she said, I've got one situation that just drives me crazy. I've got three or four bicycles, and they have two boys. They're like 13 and 14, I think. And their mother will not allow them to go out on these bicycles and explore. And we live in an area where you can take a bicycle, it's flat. And you can you could go to the beach, you can go to a little shopping area, you can go to a lot of places, local gas station, get a Coke and all of this and that. But the mom says, absolutely not. I don't want them out there. And I just, when I heard that, I just thought it was the saddest thing. And I know we're all worried about our children and all, but for me, I just remember one of the most exciting things was riding my bike around the little town I grew up in and looking for a pile of my friend's bikes because that's where they were and and we could do something, you know? And I had all of their telephone numbers uh, memorized, which I told my kids once and that blew their mind completely that you had to memorize it. But that thrill of just going off on your little two-wheeled magic carpet and getting a Coke at a gas station is something that I just loved so much. And I felt so sad for those two boys who evidently are going to be hanging around and doing whatever the adults want when they could be set free to explore. I don't get it. What do you think, Lamar? Did you have a situation where you could get on a bike and go anywhere? I lived out in the country, did it all the time. It's, 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 It's the greatest way to grow up. It really is. It is. And you don't have to go to someplace that's amazing. I mean, the local 7-Eleven with all that candy and a uh, slushy machine, you know, if you got a buck and a half or whatever it is, that was a treat for the whole day. So our friend is going to try to talk the uh, mom into loosening up a little bit. And I hope that she's successful because that would be a good way to get to start a new year. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.